This is the Whole Mind Podcast. We are three therapists who love Jesus and want to encourage and educate you about the mind. We are Grace, Wendy, and Candace. Welcome back to the Whole Mind Podcast. We're so excited to have you guys here. Um, Today we're going to be talking about anger and we have so much prepared for you. So I'm going to let Wendy start. Share some um, things with us, Wendy, about myths that Christians have about anger. Sure. Um, Before I get into that, Candace and Grace and I were talking for probably about an hour before we started recording. (laughs) And we looked at each other and we're like, we probably should have been recording all this because we had some really good conversations and really good points. So I'm sorry, guys, you missed out on a lot of good stuff. (laughs) We're going to try to recreate it for some of our points here. Um, We'll see if we can do that. Yeah. So myths that anger have, we have three, and I'm going to take number one, being that anger is bad. This this sparked an interesting conversation, specifically with Candace, um, realizing that maybe that idea or mentality might be more of a cultural thing. Here in Lancaster County, there is kind of that underlying stoic, stoicism. Ooh, is that a that's word? A big word. That's, that's a, a fancy like word. Like stoic. Yeah. Stoicism. <laughs> German. Okay. Yeah. 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 That German, like, um, no real emotion. Just kind of keep it all under the surface. So as we were talking, we were discussing about whether that myth is valid or whether it's more like emotion in general is bad, mm. and you just don't show emotion. So we're going to discuss the myth of anger being bad. Um. The truth to this myth is anger is not intrinsically evil or sinful. It is an emotion. It's the acting on and behaviors that stem from this emotion that can be harmful and cause us to sin. So if you're feeling angry and um, let's say Grace did something. I don't know. Grace, what did you do to me to make me angry? Oh, um, I stole your popcorn. Okay. Ooh. Grace stole my popcorn. Very serious. Emma's popcorn. Emma's popcorn. Oh, Ooh. well, that <laughs> So Grace stole my Emma's popcorn, and I got really angry. Feeling that emotion is okay. Then I decided to go out and key her car. <laughs> <laughs> well, Acting on that emotion. That's a little traumatic, but fine. <laughs> it was Emma's. It's um, not traumatic. All right, okay. Serious. Um, Emma's popcorn is local around here, and it is <laughs> it is well-loved. It's drenched in, like, chocolate and mm. caramel and... Oh, so many flavors. What else is Anything. Mint. Have you it, had Emma's popcorn before? I have once or twice, I think, maybe a year or so ago. Okay. Do you love it? <laughs> she doesn't love it. Okay. Okay. Some people don't love so it. So Candace did not steal my popcorn, but Grace did. I did. Um, so feeling that emotion of anger towards Grace is not wrong. That's okay. But going deciding to go out and key her car is sin. Because that's yeah. attacking it's my car. <laughs> it's her beautiful car. Uh, it's not as beautiful as it once was. <laughs> it ain't as good as I once was. <laughs> Um, there is a verse in the Bible that backs this up. You all have probably heard this before. Ephesians four twenty six to 27 says, In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry, and do not give the devil a foothold. Um, so it's giving permission to be angry. Mm-hmm. It's saying, you know, it's, this verse is almost assuming that you're going to be angry. Yeah. And it's not saying, do not be angry, but rather, in your anger, while you're feeling angry, do not sin. Mm-hmm. And then in Psalms chapter 4, verse 4, it says, Be angry and do not sin. Ponder in your own hearts on your bed and be silent. (laughs) I liked the ESV version with that because it said ponder. Um, (laughs) In your own hearts on your bed. (laughs) Right, on your bed, literally. 
and be silent. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> okay. I know. That's I should have got some of the other versions of that, but I liked that because, like what you're saying with um, Ephesians 4, 26, 27, Psalms 4, 4 says, be angry and do not sin. So it's expecting you to mm-hmm. be angry, but do not sin. But ponder in your own hearts on your bed and be silent. It's so interesting because it's like, make sure you're, you're thinking about what's going on for you. It's like the direct opposite of this myth that anger is bad. It's saying, actually, ponder your anger. Ponder mm-hmm. what's going on for you. There is a good, such a good, <laughs> there is such a thing as good anger, necessary anger, and holy anger. Even Jesus flipped tables out of righteous anger in the Gospels. Um, Christopher Ash, who is Christopher Ash? I've never heard of him. Yeah. So he's not really, I think, that well known or anything. It's just when I was looking up some stuff, he was a blogger that oh, okay. I liked okay, some cool. of the stuff that he was saying. So okay, maybe cool. he'll get more well known from our, <laughs> you know, very well established <laughs> podcast. But millions of listeners. Yeah. Um, so Christopher Ash says, in the anger of our perfect holy savior. We see what human anger could be, a spotless, white-hot virtue of hatred for all that is evil. Mm, Yeah. I do like that. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, I like it because it's like, yeah, our anger and our expression of our anger isn't always perfect. But um, seeing how Jesus modeled anger, it kind of gives us this permission or allowance of our our emotion. um, And that someone modeled it in perfection Mm -hmm. um we can't quite get there but we Mm -hmm. at least see that there's a model of showing emotion yeah Mm -hmm. like there's a time for anger but because we're people and (laughs) we all kind of have a different definition of evil it can be so hard to i guess to differentiate i guess like what level of anger is appropriate Mm -hmm. for what situation Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah we're never ever going to be like jesus and showing her emotions no but he modeled it for us and he was a human being he was both fully god and human and i think that means something for us yeah i often tell clients that when you're angry anger needs to be it's like a physical emotion not Mm -hmm. all emotions are physical but anger is a very physical emotion and it should be displayed physically Mm -hmm. it needs to be displayed non-sinfully appropriately not harming anyone else yourself or anything Mm -hmm. um but do things like go out for a walk if you can out in nature find a pot like a bunch of little stones or rocks and throw them at the ground Mm -hmm. if you can't get to water throw stones into water so you can see the ripple effect um stomp you know if you go for a walk stomp yeah (laughs) anger out go for a run um take deep breaths scream into a pillow um it's like the epitome of Taylor Swift's song, Shake It Off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How therapeutic that song is. I mean, Very therapeutic. good job, Taylor. <laughs> oh, Taylor. <laughs> so what's myth number two? Myth number two is something that I hear kind of a, in, in very different ways. So maybe you've heard this in um, a different way, but it is, if I don't show or express my anger, it's not a problem. So, like, if I don't show it, if I don't, like, express it, then nothing's really wrong. Like, mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't have to do anything with this. It's, you know, kind of the epitome of suppressing an emotion, just mm-hmm. shoving it down. Mm-hmm. So, what we would say to that is that unprocessed, suppressed emotions cause our limbic system, something we've talked about in previous episodes, just basically your emotional brain, um, to become really overactive. So again, this limbic system is what deals with emotions and memories and the amygdala, the thalamus, and what, Wendy? 
The hippocampus. <laughs> and the hippocampus. That's our favorite. And My we've favorite. also <laughs> talked about that, those things and what they do in the brain as well. We will be more than happy to link some things about what they do if you're interested. Um, but yeah, so your, your limbic system is going to be overactive. And unfortunately, the more you suppress anger or any emotions, because they aren't technically ra- rational or logical or holy, um, the more you're actually in danger of sinning in your anger. If you were to do what David says to do in Psalms 4.4, ponder in your own hearts and be silent when you experience anger, um, you are more likely to avoid acting out in anger. This is because your limbic system needs you to regulate and process your emotions so that it can actually connect to logic, so it can connect to what you know to be true. Like, I shouldn't key someone's car, <laughs> right? <laughs> like, you know that's logically not what you should do. No. Um, so Slash retires instead. <laughs> yeah, that not, no, no. <laughs> no, I'm totally just kidding. <laughs> Maybe, no. Um, but yeah, so you can actually connect to what you know to be true, and then... I want all of us to kind of like be a little more attuned to our emotions. That's like my biggest passion for people in life. So think about how your body has felt relieved when um, you've actually processed your anger or your sadness or any emotion. And think about how you can more easily problem solve when that's happening too. So like Mm. I actually physically feel relief in my body. Like I feel like a weight has been lifted. And I think that's true for all of us to some varying degree um, when you're processing your emotion and today thinking about processing your anger. Something else that could be happening um, with this myth, like if you don't process your anger, you don't process your emotion, you could be holding on to an offense or a grudge um, and have unforgiveness. and I don't know if you guys watched VeggieTales growing up. Candace, did you watch VeggieTales? Of course. Okay, great. Yeah. Um, so Phil, Phil Vischer is the guy that made VeggieTales, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so he has this really great quote. Um, Phil Vischer says, If the table flipping Jesus is our favorite Jesus, we've lost the plot. If the Jesus who out of love for others laid down his rights and picked up the cross and called his followers to do the same, isn't the Jesus that we're devoted to we've lost the plot. I really love this quote because, um, yes, Jesus modeled his anger for us, um, but he also carried his cross. Um, so we really, really have to unpack our anger and identify our hurts and our grudges as well so that we're really not living with that just weighed down offense. Um, Mm -hmm. and that's what happens if we're actually paying attention to our anger. Candace, Myth number three. Yeah, so myth number three that we picked out, and I'm sure there's so many others, but this one is that I'm not allowed to be angry at God. So we can blow that one right out of the water, opening the Bible for about two seconds. (laughs) We can just point out David and the Psalms. He's just so raw in all of those, just like really poetry that he writes Mm -hmm. to God about what all is happening in his life. I mean, he went through it. There were so many situations. um, I think like he lost a child and there's just a Mm -hmm. lot of other things that have happened 
I'm blanking on what they are. I mean, just Almost like got killed. Yeah, yeah he's right. His best him. friend tried War. to kill him. His son also War. tried to kill him. Yeah, lots mm -hmm. of people tried to kill David. Yeah, and he, he had a complicated life. He really did. <laughs> um, but he definitely expressed his anger to God through the Psalms, and I'm sure there are so many other people in the Bible who also experienced anger and expressed it to God. Mm -hmm. Um, and God didn't rebuke them for it. He didn't say, "Oh, well, you're awful, so I'm done talking to you." Mm -hmm. He met them with they're at even thinking of Habakkuk I think it was that one um, he was just so upset and angry that God was doing nothing about what mm -hmm. was happening yeah. in the world around him and God wasn't like well look at me I'm God you should just chill out he has a conversation with him as you see through the whole book and he really meets him where he's at so yeah. yes it's definitely okay to be angry at God he's gonna meet you where you are yeah I don't often remember sermons or sermon series, but there's this one sermon that our previous senior pastor did, Pastor Lester. This was like years ago, but he did a series on the Psalms. And this one sermon was on the Psalms of Lament, you know, David mm -hmm. writing his Psalms of Lament. And um, it so stuck out to me because he, Lester kind of talked about these Psalms and how David modeled for us so well how to approach God with our emotion because in the first half of most of the Psalms it's like anger frustration lashing out at God and people around him and just very intense emotion and very intense words the second half of the Psalms almost always but God you are still good mm -hmm. but God I choose to worship you I choose to love you I know that you love me I know that you're here for me and he's speaking out the truth both his truth and God's truth mm -hmm. and you have to have both Mm -hmm. Like in anger, you have to have the display and the processing of the emotion partnered with the truth of who God is and who you are in Christ. Mm -hmm. You can't have one without the other. If you get stuck in the first half of only expressing your emotion, then you can be wallowing. You can become that angry person who is always angry, you know, mm -hmm. perpetually angry. If you neglect the first part and only focus on the second part of like God is good and I trust him and I um you know he has my best interest at heart you're stuffing the emotion you're mm -hmm. not processing mm -hmm. the emotion you're not displaying the emotion appropriately yeah um but you have to have both and I, th I just thought that was like I mean seriously that sermon was like at least five years ago if oh, not more wow. and that has always stuck with me of like that's such a cool display yeah. of the emotion and the truth partnered together mm -hmm. and displaying it and then coming back to the truth of who mm -hmm. God is. Um, it's a great way to talk about it. That is really impactful. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. And I don't know if it's still on the Petra app. Probably not. I don't mm. know how years, far back it would go, but it was like the Psalm series. I'm sure that it was recorded at um, some point. It's somewhere. Yeah, yeah. It had been on the app for a while because I refer a lot of clients to it. Oh, um, that's cool. I don't know how far back it goes. So yeah. anyway, so that's a good way of like, Using that example of David yeah. to show I, that, like, it's okay to be angry at God. I think what it, like, represents to me is this idea of, like, co-regulation with God, mm. where um, what that means... That's a therapist term. I know, it's such <laughs> a therapist term, so I'll break it down. So, basically, we need to regulate our emotions with other people. Like, I feel so much better when my husband, Derek, is, like, you know, like, patting me on the back or, or like, holding me and saying, like, yeah, that sucks, I'm sorry mm. you went through that and I'm crying, rather than if I'm just, like trying to like step down my emotions and like be self-sufficient on my own and trying to work through all my problems on my own it just so much more relieving and regulating my emotions when I'm able to do that with mm -hmm. Tarek or a good friend or my own therapist um, so that's the idea of co-regulation and I think of that here 
um, it's so natural for David to bring his anger to God and bring that to him. And God is like present with him in that, helping him regulate his emotion. So it then at the end of it, David connects to what he knows to be true about God. You know, after he's processed his emotion, he says, but you are good, God. Mm-hmm. And I think that's like that idea of like, you won't actually get to that point of knowing that God is good if you're going to hide all your emotions from mm-hmm. him. It's that, what is it that in the Beatitudes where Jesus says, blessed are those who mourn for they will be comforted. Mm-hmm. You have to mourn or you have to let yourself feel your emotion in order to have that comfort that Jesus promises. Yeah, that's so true. Yeah. Yeah. So we had somebody ask us, one of our listeners asked us to talk about mom anger. Um, we're going to get into that in a little bit in this segment. But Candace, can you start on um, talking to us about anger with children, how to talk to your children about anger, how yeah. to help them through their anger? Of course. So like I've mentioned in previous episodes, I work mostly with people under the age of 18 um, and I get to see a lot of moms. So I often get to work with kids that like deal with a lot of anger. I also talk to moms who are dealing with kids who have a lot of anger. So something that I always like to remember and remind people of, or I guess parents of, is the fact that you are the model. There are countless studies dating all the way back to the 60s, -hmm. right up until present times that tell us that kids learn by watching the people closest to them. Mm -hmm. They learn um, from the people that they spend the most time with. Um, that's humbling. <laughs> I'm being very humbled over here. I'm like, oh, that, that's why. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, there's always room for all of us to grow, oh, of yeah. course. Yeah. But, like, I feel like, I don't know, a lot of times we can get so just, like, lost in our own, like, rhythms of things. Mm-hmm. Like, we forget mm-hmm. who's watching us. So that's always a really good reminder. But mm-hmm. when it comes to talking to your kids or dealing with anger um, in your kids, I always try to say, like, make it as visual and tactile as you possibly mm-hmm. can. Mm-hmm. Um, a suggestion that I always give is something called a calm down jar. So you can go with two different definitions of this. One um, is where what you can do is, like, take, like, a mason jar almost and put, like, a lot of glitter in it with water. And then when your kid is freaking out, shake the jar, set it down, and tell them they have to sit and just watch the glitter settle down. And they cannot move a muscle until all the glitter has settled. And over that time, they're breathing. They're watching it. They're focusing on something else. And nine times out of ten, eight times out of ten, they (laughs) will (laughs) relax a bit. I need to go find me some glitter. Yeah, <laughs> yeah um, it definitely has seemed to be helpful. And then another idea for calm down jar might just be a jar like filled with ideas of mm. things that help your kid mm-hmm. calm down. You can collect it over time of just watching them. And when you see them like having a meltdown or something, they have to pick something out of the calm down jar. And it might be painting for a while. It might be going outside and throwing mm. a baseball at a tree. I don't know. Whatever yeah. works best for them. So, like little things that can be like their coping skills and strategies. Yeah. Little yeah. things to teach coping skills from a very small age. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, so, something that we, I think Grace mentioned earlier, um, is noticing how your body feels with anger and that's Mm -hmm. a good way to teach kids what anger looks like how it kind of operates for them because you Mm -hmm. can't just be like oh you look angry you're angry go sit down like you need to kind of teach them okay 
when I feel angry, my face gets really red, my hands start feeling mm -hmm. hot, and then mm -hmm. they eventually learn, okay, I'm feeling angry, okay, I need to calm down, where's my calm down jar? And then, like, mm -hmm. they kind of learn how to regulate themselves, so. Yeah, that's yeah. really good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. that's good. Yeah, I think I think it's so important, too, because, like, if you can, like, point out some things for them and mirror some things for them, then they're not going to, like, learn to suppress mm -hmm. their emotions quite as much. I mean, we all do it to a certain degree, but they're going to learn, like, oh, I, I'm picking up on my body's cues when they're an adult, and they're going to be more mm -hmm. mindful and more aware yeah. of what's going on with them. That's really good. Yeah. So something that I have really encouraged a lot of my um, parents, I don't do a lot of work with kids and younger kids, um, but sometimes parents will come in wanting some input, some advice, um, and sometimes we'll just like walk through, you know, their what's challenging them, you know, the angry behaviors of their child and what's going on. And a lot of times I've noticed that sometimes um, it becomes like this thing where you give your child as much space as possible when they're really angry, and I do think they're going to need space but they still need presence in their emotion because they do need that co-regulation. Mm -hmm. So like I mentioned that co-regulation earlier, so they need someone that's gonna help them regulate their emotion and mm -hmm. walk them through it and work through it with them. Um, for them and their tiny little bodies, it actually provokes them to more anger or fear if they don't get enough um, contact with another human being. Mm -hmm. um, that's mom or dad usually. Um, so that really helps um, as well. So like having a time in instead of a time out, like yeah. sit on my lap on the sofa and like arms and legs are locked down. Yeah, <laughs> you kind of have to if they're throwing um, a fit. Yeah, right? like pretzel them, Yeah, have a time in and instead of a time out where you have to go to your room and sit there. Yeah. Um, on the other hand, though, for my son, both of them work, but it does work well. He He's attached to the song, um, God Will Take Care of You by Plum. Oh, Do you know that song? Are you serious? Yeah. That's an old song. Yes, it's very old. My mom sang it for him when he was like a little baby, and then there was one time he was feeling scared, so we played it for him at night, and there was this, now it's on repeat. On the, and actually, really funny story, you know what, like, Spotify gives you your wrapped at the end of the year? Yes. We... We're in the top 0.5% of Plum's listeners. Oh, wow. Because we literally have that song on repeat in his room, like, all night. That is and amazing. I don't usually turn it off during the day, so. I love that. But anyway, um, there were a few times that I put him in his room and turned that on really loud. And he, I think one time he actually did it himself. He told me he wanted to listen to God. He just calls it God. He wants to listen to God. Oh. He went in his room and sat there and for like 10 minutes with like God blaring and then came out and he was perfectly fine. Um, but he comes and he tells you that, right? Well, that time he did. Oh, okay. yeah. So that's not, not every, not every no, time. Not I was going to say that's amazing. Um, but that time he did cause he, yeah. yeah, he told me that that's what he needed. Yeah. So I do want to get into mom anger. Yes, mm -hmm. please. Um, we don't have a whole lot on this and most of it's just going to be my personal experience and testimony <laughs> about this. Um, Mom anger is a real thing. Um, just today, actually, we had our first snow day here in Pennsylvania. I'm very, very happy about that. Yes. Um, I'm going to try to make a long story short, but um, I was out shoveling the driveway. Both of my kids were out. My oldest was very excited playing in the snow. My youngest was not so thrilled. And she was screaming most of the time that we were out there. And 
I just, I knew I had to get the driveway shoveled or else it would get all icy. You know how it goes. So I was like, okay, I, I have like five minutes left. So I'm just going to shovel it. So, um, long story short, we go inside, start getting her undressed. My son comes in, he wants to put, um, his other gloves on. And so I put him on and then he starts, my daughter is screaming. The youngest is screaming the entire time. And then my son starts screaming because something was wrong and I don't know what it was. And I looked at him, I was like, do you want to go back outside? And he's like, no. Mm. I was like, okay, you want to go? So I started taking his coat off so, to go inside and he screams and hits me and runs away. <coughs> Meanwhile, my daughter is screaming, con you know, continuing to scream because mm -hmm. she's cold and done. And um, I'm kind of like realizing that there's something going on that he needs something. He's not at a place where he can tell me what he needs because he's so amped up and emotional and she is cold and she really needs me to take her inside and warm her up. Mm. And in my triage, I was like, I don't really know what to do. I've tried taking care of him first and that didn't work. I need to go in with her. So I started like getting pretty frustrated. I went inside, closed the door and my son was out in our sunroom. So he was like <laughs> kind of inside, but not really. So went in the house, closed the door and, um, sat on the sofa with my daughter and was trying to warm her up. Meanwhile, that just escalated my son because I left him mm -hmm. and he's out there in the sunroom violently screaming, um, constantly, like nonstop screaming. And I am at my tipping point and yeah. I call it momster. My momster came out. <laughs> oh, man. Um, and I lost it and I put my daughter on the sofa, went out and I started yelling at him. I was like, I don't know what you need. I don't know what's going on. Like I tried to help you and you started screaming at me and he screamed and we're both like going back and forth and my daughter's in there screaming and it was just like, it, I realized it was just sensory overload. Like my mm -hmm. body could not handle being desperately needed, immediately needed by two different people. Yeah. And they both needed me at that same time and they were feeding off each other I think too like I think mm -hmm. my son was feeling my daughter's distress and that was kind of amping him up mm -hmm. um so anyway all that to say that's a real life ex story and experience that I just had this morning um as we were discussing that mom anger we kind of concluded that as humans mothers do get angry mm -hmm. at their kids and that is not all wrong. Mm -mm. It's we have a responsibility to control our emotions. Um, and we do need to be aware of that. Just being stressed out is not an excuse to get angry at our kids. But there are going to be times when there's a lot going on, a lot of stimulus going on, and your body can't handle it and you snap. Mm -hmm. If that happens, the most important thing is the repair. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Repairing that rupture is kind of what we call it. There's been a rupture where mom, you know, child is escalated, stressed out, angry. Mom is escalated, stressed out, angry. And as the adult, you have the responsibility to go back and repair that relationship. It is not your child's responsibility to come to you to repair it. Right. Yeah. Um, so first responsibility is to triage <laughs> I think in the moment of anger triage what you can do who you can help first and then find a way to de-escalate yourself get yourself back down and some of that it might take five minutes it might take 30 seconds um maybe longer maybe longer yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd say try to try to work on your emotions enough that you can do that 
quickly, I mm -hmm. think. Do they make adult glitter jars? <laughs> <laughs> I would like, like mommy needs a glitter jar. <laughs> you need to be quiet because mommy they needs call a glitter that jar. Wine. <laughs> Just kidding. Yeah. Maybe that's not going to help actually. Um, and then go back and take responsibility to your child for your mistake. And I think taking responsibility is the biggest, um, uh, something that can fight shame the most. Because mm. if you're feeling shame, mm -hmm. um, if you go to whoever you wronged and take responsibility and say, you know, my son's name is William. William, mommy, I, that was not right for me to yell at you. And I'm really sorry. And I yeah. shouldn't have done that. Um, can you please forgive me? And, you know, I... I want to be better at communicating nicely to you or whatever, yeah, you know, whatever some, some way. To, I love you. Give hugs. Um, let them cry. Let them feel. Oftentimes when I do wrong my son and I go back and say sorry, he will just break down again sobbing. Aww. And and he'll hug me. Like, it's not a angry. It's just, like, kind of a heartbroken. Like, he's feeling that sadness then. He's feeling yeah. that emotion. And so then we hug for a while and maybe do, if we have time, like, do an activity that he likes or something together. Um, but I think that's, that's the biggest thing that you can do. It's, I think I'm okay saying this. <laughs> I'm kind of debating whether I want to, but, um, if you're a mom, you're going to get angry at your kids and you're going to lash out at them at some point. Mm -hmm. That's not really the issue. The issue is what you do with it after yeah. and whether or not you repair the relationship, take responsibility for your part of it, not excusing it, not saying, you know, I was just really angry because you yelled at me or mm -hmm. because you didn't listen to me or because you not putting responsibility back on them, but just saying I was wrong. I should not have done that. I am sorry. Yeah. Can you forgive me? I love you. I want you here. I'm proud of you. Mm -hmm. Things like that. Um, that's really good. I think that's the biggest part of mom anger. I love getting to hear you say that um, because mm -hmm. and I love what you said about repair and apologizing is the biggest way to fight shame mm -hmm. because you're going to feel that guilt about lashing out mm -hmm. but your repair is the way to actually fight that and be intentional with your kids mm -hmm. and that's really cool and then i think after the repair choosing making a conscious choice to move on from that experience and not wallowing in it because mm -hmm. if you wallow you're going to be right back there sooner than if you move on and by moving yeah. on i mean like Okay, I'm not going to let this hold me down. I love my children. I know that. And mm -hmm. I'm going to choose differently for the next two minutes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and it's hard that's to what I need fight to shame. It really is. Yeah. But, you know, as much as you can mind manage, like, it's going to pop up. Like, remember what you did two days ago? What a terrible parent mm -hmm. you are. Like, it'll come up or, like, so many different ways it comes up. But just try to mind manage of, like, okay, yep. That happened. Mm -hmm. I'm not really going to listen to this yeah. thought that much. I'm not yeah. even going to analyze it, you yeah. know? Because I dealt with it. I took responsibility mm -hmm. and I apologized. Yeah, and you've done your part. Done. The other thing I want to add in is when something like that happens, as soon as you can, talk with some of your other mom friends in mm -hmm. your life. I have um, a group message with myself, my sister-in-law, and friend up in Canada, Emily, who might be listening to this because I know she listens, so <laughs> she reps <laughs> our Canada out. population, but... <laughs> Um, and I will, I'll like hop on there and like, oh, today's not a good day. Like I freaked out at my kids again. And I, that's kind of all I say. And they don't usually really respond. Like, I don't know. Some, yeah, I know it's a hard day for me too. And kind of like the together. Um, but just like expressing that with someone else and knowing that another mom is hearing that 
mm. I was frustrated and can relate and like, oh, it's okay. You know, we all do that. Yeah. Okay, move on. It's like know. very validating. Yeah. And and normalizing. Yeah. Yeah. You're and not doing it by yourself. You've got yeah. other people to rally mm -hmm. around you. Yep. And they're not saying like, yeah, you should have gotten angry. Like they're not excusing no. your anger, but no. they're just helping to normalize it for right. you and be like, hey, girl, I get it. Yeah. Like I'm I'm there and I'm working on it too. Yep. And then usually one of them shares a story that happened in the last five minutes for them. Their, their momster came out. And I'm like, okay, so it's not well, just Well, little me. kids, I mean, you're constantly, 24-7, you are a mom. Yeah. And, yeah, that's there's a lot of ways that sensory overload can happen, I'm sure. So that's kind of mom anger in a nutshell. Um, maybe we'll be more specific about that in another episode sometime. Because um, I really liked that question. But... Mm -hmm. Candace, can you tell us about teens and anger and how to help them? Yeah, so um, teens and anger are similar to kids and anger, but of course there's some differences because there is an age gap between them. So if you feel like your teenager um, is kind of exploding in their anger and that seems to be the problem, so anger doesn't just happen like it usually is like built up over like a trigger a trigger a trigger then boom mm -hmm. so something that um people have found helpful um is using like a stuffed animal or like something that is inanimate 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 that you sounds right in yeah <laughs> non-live non yes <laughs> unalive An unalive <laughs> So grab an inanimate, <laughs> just that word, we don't care, <laughs> object. Um, I always recommend maybe a stuffed animal that they've had since they were a kid um, and kind of let them express their anger there because a lot mm -hmm. of times they can get so pent up so they're like flip out on their parents, flip out on their siblings. So like when they have an outlet, especially when they're first learning how to deal with their anger, um, to kind of let it out on, but like it's not a real person or like mm -hmm. a pet. Just it's not like, doing harm to it's anything. Not, yeah, anything. it's not doing any sort of harm. Um, that is a good way to help them not lash out on other people. And a lot of times, like they feel ridiculous doing it, but like mm -hmm. after they're done, like they always feel mm -hmm. a lot better and they feel like they can breathe and think instead of just react to how they're feeling. So that's something that might be helpful um, for teenagers. That calm down jar is kind of golden. Highly recommend it, especially mm -hmm. um, if you want to do like the idea of having little prompts in there. Have processing prompts for the teenager. Like, okay, mm -hmm. I'm feeling angry. Think through what made you angry. All right, how big is this? How long is this going to affect mm -hmm. me? And almost like take more time to like consider what all is going on instead of just like reacting on that yeah. really, really big feeling. Um, and I know that when a teenager is arguing with you, it can feel really, really big. They can take personal shots. It can yeah. get ugly. But I always like to remind parents, like, they are arguing with you because they want to connect with you. Yes. I, as a counselor, I worry more when my teens aren't talking to their parents than yeah. when they're arguing pretty frequently. Mm -hmm. Because when they aren't talking, it means that they've given up on their relationship and they're done. And yep. that's bad news yeah and for kids and teens um usually their parents are the people that they feel safest with are the people that they take out their emotion on the most mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so if they're a gem at school all day and then come home and completely lash out on you that's because you're their safe person they don't i mean they might feel safe at school but they don't feel safe expressing their negative emotion to yeah. their teacher in front of their friends mm -hmm. so they come home and they do it with you 
I mean, it's the same thing we do as adults. Like, yeah. Derek gets to see the worst of me oh, yeah. than anyone else. Like, I'm so much nicer around anyone else other than Grace him. Grace is amazing. <laughs> right? <laughs> and people, like and Derek's like, uh, she's a little high maintenance. <laughs> yeah, but that's true. Like, I will be more emotionally vulnerable with my husband than with other people. So, mm-hmm. um, parents, if you're experiencing that, like, try to take it as a compliment that you are yeah. you are their safe person, yeah. that they feel comfortable and they feel safe lashing out at you and they don't feel that way with their friends or teachers or whatever no they know that they that you still love them and that you'll still stay yeah Mm -hmm. which really is a compliment like they they know that you're you're steady you're there for them so when they're flipping out when they're yelling it's super hard but try and see if you can listen for the message in what all is Mm. going on um and talk to them about that are they upset because they feel unloved because they feel unheard Mm. because they feel like a failure like listen for those messages within the yelling for teenagers. Yeah. So Grace, how about you share a bit on what our anger is actually telling us? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, we've really alluded to this a lot already, um, but I like to think about anger like an iceberg, and, and often I will do this with my teenagers and even some adults. Um, I will create an iceberg and say, this is your anger, what's underneath it? Mm-hmm. Um, Anger can be its own emotion, right? Jesus wasn't flipping tables not out of a righteous anger, Mm. um, and that was that physical emotion that Wendy was talking about. Um, But so often it is actually more what's underneath your anger that's driving it. And for most of what we see as therapists, that's either kind of boiled down to like sadness or anxiety and fear. Um, and that sadness can be loss and grief and other things, um, but it's usually those core um, emotions that are underneath it. I had a personal experience about that. Yeah, Do you want me to share that? yeah, I would love that. Um, my husband and I often would have heated discussion or how do what is it passionate passionate discussions or something discussions. about finances. Um, my husband's more of a dreamer financially, and I'm more of a planner financially, so. When we start talking about our finances, he would be dreaming about, you know, maybe five years from now I can buy a new truck and that can be a write-off and that's, you know, in the self-employed world that can be a good investment <laughs> um, to, to have a write-off so you don't have to pay as much in taxes. But, you know, he'd be dreaming about some of these things that we could do to the house or whatever. And as a planner, I'm hearing him say, in five years, I am doing this. And I'm looking at our finances saying, ooh, that makes me really nervous. We probably don't have the money. Mm-hmm. I start getting angry and our, our discussion starts getting more heated because looking down at the anger iceberg, anxiety is fueling my anger. I start feeling anxious about our finances because we're not actually communicating on the same, about the same thing. Mm-hmm. We're not really communicating where we're coming from. Um, I'm just hearing like, we're going to spend all this money. And I'm like, oh, we don't have money. I get angry because yeah. I'm anxious. Then his anger can come out of um, sadness because she doesn't appreciate my dreams. Yeah. Like, yeah. My she's wife not dreaming with me. She's, she's not, she's not, she's not joining me in what we could possibly do. And, you know, let's set these big goals and work towards our goals and dream together and all this. So he's feeling sadness because I'm not joining him in that, and that is fueling his anger. Yeah. And then it just becomes about anger when really it's 
more anxiety and sadness induced. And if you would say that, like, you know, off the bat, like, actually, I mean, I love what you're saying. and I I hear your dream, but, like, that makes me really nervous. Like, Mm -hmm. what are you trying to say with this? Mm -hmm. Right? Like, we don't often forget to talk like that. Yeah. It can be so automatic to go into that that anger because of our, either our sadness or our fear. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Or just our filter that, like, Mm -hmm. I filter our finances through planning. So when I hear a dream come through my filter of planning, it's, we don't have enough money to do this. I'm immediately anxious. Then I get angry. Yeah. And he hears it through his filter of dreaming and like, nope, you're not doing this. You're not doing this. Squash, squash, squash. Yeah. Because I'm a planner. Yeah. And that filter is kind of like the expectations yeah. that are there. Yeah. 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 So that's kind of our anger icebergs in a nutshell. <laughs> yeah. I've, and I think it's really good to think about what's underneath it because um, you'll you're just going to be, I don't know, a more emotionally aware and healthy person when you can do that mm-hmm. um, instead of lashing out. And and again, even though I ask myself lots of self-reflection questions, I still act out in my anger sometimes. Sorry, Derek. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm not perfect in that, but I am, I am less reactive to my anger when I'm asking myself these questions and I'm, I'm pondering on my bed, as David said. <laughs> Being quiet. Yeah. So guys, how should we express our anger? Candace, you want to take some of that? Key and Grace's car. Uh, hey. <laughs> it's not Grace. the prettiest car. <laughs> That's but the message of today. Just Please. Key and Grace's car when you're I feel like my car is the worst out of all three of ours, so why are we attacking it? Uh, no. It might be. How, what, <laughs> it is. What year is it? Oh, I don't even know all the details. I'm oh. just saying the looks, it's been dented at least three times. Yeah. yeah. If I was still driving our old van, I think I could probably fight with you on that. But mm-hmm. so it's getting our new our new 2012. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> 2012. Ooh, I think it's 2015. Oh, shoot. I forget. She'll correct me. I'm sure. <laughs> still, anyway. it's past 2010. It is. That's it's a new car. It's like brand new. <laughs> But anyway, how do we express our <laughs> anger? Do not attack other people's mm-hmm. personal property. Her That's reach. number one. Don't do it. It's bad. Um, and then something that we've talked about a couple times today, really just notice how your body is feeling. Um, if you're feeling really tense and overwhelmed with anger, you know it's time to get out of that situation. Mm-hmm. Don't react. Say that you you need a minute to just calm down, to breathe, and you'll finish the conversation mm-hmm. later. Walk away. Um, yeah, take the space that you need so that you don't potentially say or do something mm-hmm. that you'll regret. Um, right. And definitely find a really good coping outlet that can help you get the space that you need. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, overall, be angry, but do not sin. Like, it's okay to feel that feeling, but just don't attack others. Also, ask yourself the question, what am I really angry about? Um, am I really feeling defensive? Am I really feeling dismissive and attacking because I'm fearful or sad? Um, an example that I use in my sessions is the fact that anger is a secondary emotion rather mm-hmm. than a primary emotion. So um, you can almost think of it as like layers mm-hmm. to a thing and anger is like at the top. That's like often like the first thing that like we notice that we're feeling, but underneath that is another um, emotion that's like fear or sadness. So like there's always something underneath the anger and it can be helpful to think through what that might be. 
fear, sadness, or it could be righteousness too. Like mm -hmm. we talked about earlier, mm -hmm. that righteous anger could be fueling that. And it's good to discern that. Like, why am I angry? Is it a good thing that I should be angry about and channel my anger? Mm -hmm. Or do I need to do, use a coping skill to mm -hmm. de-escalate? Yeah. 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 I think that's such a great thing to point out. Lastly, um, you can find ways to communicate your anger that isn't detrimental to your relationship. So kind of like we were joking about at the beginning, don't key anybody's car, <laughs> don't um, physically or verbally attack anyone. Um, but remember, like you can communicate in a healthy way. You don't mm -hmm. have to keep everything to yourself. Um, yeah. A practical way to do this is use I statements. So not saying, Grace, you always take my parking spot in mm -hmm. the office parking lot. <laughs> Say, I am feeling frustrated because I don't get to park where I want to mm. or something like that. So like yeah. keep it you focused, not like on the other. That people. was a really good quick I statement. <laughs> I just want to say I'm really impressed <laughs> by that. That was good. Yeah. Um, well thank you. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, just when you're chatting, when you're trying to communicate your anger, keep as calm and as gentle as a tone that you can so that you're not too accusatory mm -hmm. um in the conversation. Yeah, yeah. I hope, guys, that you learned something today, or even at the very least, anger just felt normalized to mm -hmm. you today, whether you're a mom, you're not, or you're married, or you're just trying to figure out some of your own emotions. Um, I just hope today that you're able to take a breather, know you're normal, you're human, and that you have anger to unpack. Mm -hmm. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye-bye.